Scunthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on a third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Tabanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. How easy was that? Welcome back to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast as we continue on our interview series with a series of athletes in what should be a moment right now where we're getting very excited and pumped up for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics if things were normal. But of course, things aren't really normal at the moment and we don't really have an Olympic Games to talk about. So we're bringing you interviews to fill the void and get you excited for the 2021 Olympic Games and a special interview for you today because for the very first time we really don't have an Olympian on this show. This is a person who is striving to be an Olympian in a brand new sport that has never been at the Olympics before. The sport is sports climbing and any long-term listener of this show would know how excited and skeptical I guess we have been in the past about this being a sport and why on earth it's at the Olympics. So we thought it would only be appropriate that we track down a sports climber and chat to them about this sport and try to get them to sell it, why we should be excited for this sport in Tokyo. The athlete that we are speaking to today, her name is Ella Easton. She is a Australian sports climber hailing from Sydney uh, who has represented Australia at the Junior World Championships and is in with a real shot of qualifying for the Tokyo Olympic Games. So it's very informative chat here. We learn a lot about the sport. We learn a lot about Ella. And I really think that this interview will help you get to know not only Ella, of course, but the sport of sports climbing a little bit better and get you in the zone and excited as to why this will be an exciting thing to watch at the Tokyo Olympics. So without further ado, here is our chat with Australian sports climber, Ella Easton. As we continue our series of interviews, filling the void for no Olympics being on right now when we thought there would be Olympics, we are very excited for today's guest because it's an athlete from a sport that we actually haven't seen at the Olympics before and long-term listeners to this show would know that we have sort of questioned this sport. We've never heard of it before. We're like, what what on earth is sport climbing? What does this mean? What does this even involve? So we got together, we worked out who should we interview for these podcasts. And one of the suggestions, of course, was we need to find a sport climber. We need to find someone who does this sport to explain this sport and why we should be watching it at Tokyo in the 2021 Olympics now, of course. And it's a thrill to be able to welcome someone to the show today who is involved in this sport and very much likely could be representing Australia at the Olympic Games this time next year. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show Miss Ella Easton. Ella, first of all, welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure as well. Well, this is this is unique because I think you're actually our first athlete on the show who I guess, isn't an Olympian. I mean, you haven't competed at the Olympics yet, but I'm saying now you will be an Olympian. There we go. I'm giving you those. I will see. We'll see. Those vibes. But 
this mm. sport is is fascinating because again we'd never heard of it i'm i'm sure this is not we're not the only yeah. ones it's probably you have to explain this to a few other people as well but how how do you describe sport climbing to somebody who is like me and doesn't really know much about it how would you describe this sport well it is it is it can be complicated um so obviously climbing originated outdoors so yeah it, like just kind of climbing up massive walls outdoors and stuff um, it's quite new to the competition scene. Like indoor climbing is honestly quite like recent. Um, but yeah, competition climbing, there's essentially three disciplines. There's speed climbing, which is probably the most exciting to watch. Um, there's like a set route. Um, like it's always, it's the same all over the world. The angle is like, yeah, the same. Um, the texture can vary, but they're basically a uniform route, uniform holds. Um, and for speed climbing, the aim is to get up the wall as quickly as possible. Um, and yeah, it's about, it's crazy how fast like people can go. They can go, yeah, I think the world record is under five seconds, which is crazy. Wow. Um, how high is the wall? Yeah, like like they, how, how long is it? Oh, I think, okay, I should know this. Um, <laughs> it's between 12 and 15 metres, I think. Wow. Um, I'm actually quite new to speed climbing myself. So I, I it's in Australia, it's completely new it's um yeah it's very very new um but yeah no the fastest guys um yeah he can go he's just insane his muscles are just crazy like yeah and i think the women's world record is just under seven seconds wow. and it was broken very recently last year um yeah that's insane is, I, I can't think of another yeah. sport in the summer games at least that is that quick it's over and done with and that i mean 100 meters is what yeah. nine point whatever seconds for the men and just on 10 <laughs> for the women and wow yeah. five seconds is over with i, I mean it's the so, commentators would barely yeah, get a word out <laughs> yeah it's a crazy sport i think it's um it's definitely the most variable form of climbing because you can have one foot slip like your yeah your foot might slip off a hold and you're gone like your chances of a medal just completely out of there which is i mean i think yeah, a lot of climbers aren't particularly fond of speed climbing for that reason, um, in that it's so different from forms of climbing that originated from outdoors. Um, but it's it's genuinely very exciting to watch. And I think, yeah, I think, um, yeah, people who don't know about climbing will find that one the most entertaining. But yeah, there's two more disciplines. Um, there's my personal favorite, bouldering. Um, bouldering is the one I think most people would be familiar with because it's got such a good indoor scene. Um, it's yeah the walls are quite short um yeah i think the limit for world competitions is about four meters and in that competition yeah the aim is to get as many tops as possible but the moves are crazy um they'll be like yeah there's things called dinos which are essentially dynamic moves um which are huge jumps yeah you can have coordination dinos where you have to like yeah catch something with your foot um move your hands like yeah, that which is so bouldering is also really, really exciting to watch. Um, lead climbing is kind of the one that um, most like mirrors the outdoors. Um, it's like, yeah, so basically you have about, oh, I think it's eight minutes um, to get as close to the top of the wall as possible. Um, you bring your rope up with you and you clip it in the wall. And yeah, the moves, it's all to do with your fitness and your, yeah, it's, it's, that one's, it's more of a slow burn, but they're really, they can get really exciting. Lead finals can be very exciting. So that's more endurance-based, so yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, endurance, that's the word. I wasn't sure if that was a climbing term or not. Right. But yeah. Yeah, no, you've got to have, in, like, crazy endurance. That's crazy. So that. the, the bouldering mm-hmm. one, is that sort of judge-based? So, like, you're doing these moves and people are judging, giving you points, or is it time-based still? Kind of how does it work? Um. Oh, yeah. So basically um, 
For the, yeah, for the uh, combined, for, okay, well, normally in bouldering competitions, you'll have a number of climbs, um, a number of different climbs on um, different segments of the wall. Um, and there's like, well, it's not exactly a halfway point, but there's a point like kind of in between the top and the, um, the start that is called the zone. Um, and there's also a top. And so it's awarded based on how many tops you get and how many zones you get. Right. Um, so, yeah, you get, yeah. And also um, the number of attempts counts in that. So, yeah, you want to do it in as little attempts as possible. And, yeah, normally there's a time frame as well. Fantastic. This, I mean, this is short. so fascinating, Connie. I mean, I think yeah, literally it's we're thinking. very think- weird. <laughs> well, I think we were literally <laughs> like, thinking like it's just two people climbing a wall going, okay, what's, what's no. going on here? But it's, it sounds a lot more yeah. uh, exciting and complicated than that. How do you get involved, yeah. Ella? How do you all of a sudden decide that I, I want to do well, this as a sport? <laughs> Well, I've always liked climbing trees. I don't know why. Um, that, that is a very generic climbing story. A lot of, <laughs> like, some kids just are drawn to the heights. Um, I'm, I've never really been that scared of heights as well. So, for me, there was no fear factor kind of, yeah, holding me up. But it was, like, it was almost my parents' fear that led me into it. Like, they didn't want me falling out of trees. So, yeah, it kind of chucked me into climbing. Um, I got into it quite late. I actually only got into it in year six, so about five years ago which is, yeah, pretty recently. Um, yeah, and I just kind of, I get quite bored with other sports. Like there's not enough variability for me. And team sports, I kind of get too competitive. And I don't like, I think, yeah, this is, I think it's quite a similar mindset for a lot of climbers that you, with climbing, you can rely purely on your own physical strength and your own ability. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're usually not really drawn to team sports. And climbing is like incredibly variable. So yeah, you end up getting drawn to it just because it's like the only sport that really gives you that variability and, and yeah, kind of, it works out your whole body, which is really, really cool as well. So you never really get bored of it. But yeah. And I like, yeah, climbing trees was really what led me into it. So does that then lead you to kind of just going down to your local rock climbing, indoor rock climbing sort of thing like that? I mean, were there competitive climbing gyms around or kind of you just sort of treaded the water on those indoor climbing walls? Well, Australia is quite interesting in that we are so, so new to the competition climbing scene. Well, in you know, we're like, we're new to the climbing in general, really. Um, so there's no, there's not really any youth programs that are really, really intensive and aimed towards those competitions. Well, there wasn't when I started climbing. So um, I just started at like a youth, it was almost like a yeah, you, it was like a very, very um, relaxed youth climbing where you just kind of go around and they, it was almost just like supervision. Um, but I basically, I kind of followed my friend who, um, yeah, he he started getting into all these competitions. I signed up for my first competition literally the night before. I got new climbing shoes the night before, which is a huge no because um, climbing shoes are really, really tight and wearing them it's a night like the first time you wear them it is an absolute nightmare so I was not yeah I kind of just like I don't know it was it wasn't a very gradual process I kind of just found comps and then it all began from there wow yeah it's it's some it's a sport too that I can imagine I mean anybody who's done indoor rock climbing I I did it once and I think this isn't my sport I I don't know what I'm doing I'm not good with my upper body strength but it's it's a sport that people can really take to but I mean training for this sport I can imagine varies like you sort of touched on that like upper body strength that would be key kind of things like that I mean what what are the focuses in the gym when you're kind of hitting there or training or is it more about the climbing more so than the the gym fitness 
Well, the an interesting thing is that, I don't know, I think a lot of climbers tend to focus on different things just because it is so variable. So obviously climbing is like some of the best training you can do just because, yeah, obviously climbing works out all the muscles you need to do climbing. Um, that was the first kind of, when I was like more relaxed, I just climb. That was my only training. And you can get quite far doing that. But um, eventually, yeah, you want um, to get more strength, especially for boulder gym training is really, really useful. So yeah, doing like deadlifts and weighted chin-ups, um, stuff like that. Um, also training your finger strength. You kind of train every little, you have to train so, so many muscles in your body to do all these specific things. That, that's why a lot, often climbers have like very distinct strengths. Like my strength is dynamic movements. Cause like, yeah, I train them all the time, but then sometimes other climbers won't see that as a priority. And so they'll have a completely different set of training which is, yeah, so it honestly depends on what you what you like and what are your strengths and what you want to work on. How do you train your fingertips? Like, what are there mini mini weights that you've got to do? Like, I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm trying so, to picture this. What do yeah, you do with well, your fingers? Yeah, um, so there's a thing called a hangboard, which is essentially, it's like a wooden board and it has all these different kind of, it has like little, little like kind of pockets, little holes in it, um, um, yeah, so it has like little edges and basically I just kind of hang, I have like seven different types of holes in mine, seven different types of edges and I'll do seven seconds on each, three seconds rest, do all of them and then I'll repeat that like heaps and heaps of time until my forearms are burning. Wow. Um, yeah, and then you can also do weighted hangs. So, yeah, you can hang on those tiny, tiny edges, um, chuck a few weights on, and then you get like crazy strong fingers from that. Wow. But it is, and climbing in general also helps. It's, yeah, fingers are weird. It's hard to train. You must love yeah. Spider-Man. He must be your favorite superhero, right? He's, he's a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Tom Holland is pretty cool. And, yeah, well, Tom Holland does his own stunts, so I'm also impressed by that. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's a career in, in that, like, down the line for, yeah. you know, he does his own stunts, but, like, if you need to stunt coordinator, like, surely, you know, a sports climber can help him out because, I mean, you guys would be perfect to yeah. help him out on those movies, right? Hmm, that's true. We could, we could. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Post-gold medal at the Olympics, there's, well, your, there's possible, your career. Yeah, possible options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But, I mean, with such varying disciplines, like the three disciplines you're talking about, can you be a competitive climber in all three or is it a case of, you focus on one or kind of can you be variable across the three? Well, you can be variable across the three, across like the three. It's hard to like, I don't know any climber who would be like world champion in all three separate disciplines. Um, Yanya Ganbrey, who's a really, really amazing Slovenian climber is um she, yeah, she's world champion of, she was world champion of lead and boulder, which is quite crazy. Adam Ondra, another um, really, really good climber. Um, was also world champion in boulder and lead, but speed climbing is real. That's why a lot of people don't like speed climbing because it kind of throws the whole, you can be good at everything. Just like, yeah, you can be champion at everything out of the mix. Cause it's, yeah, it's just, it's very, very different, but you can be good. They, they certainly all feed into each other in, in like, yeah, some way or another. It's, it's kind of, I guess, yeah. in a way, the same bolt's not going to win the marathon, is he? Like he's only going to, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he trains exactly. for the sprint. He's, he's not going to be able to run 42Ks essentially. Which, I mean, how do yeah. you train to be fast climbing a wall? Like is that literally something where it is down it, to you need to just keep climbing that wall until you get faster? <laughs> well, you have to have muscle. You have to get um, – you've got to get the muscle memory down. So like speed climbers can climb it with their eyes closed, like 
yeah, literally with their eyes closed. So yeah, for, for that means heaps and heaps of repetition. Um, for me, I train almost every single like move on the wall over and over again. The start move I've done so, so many times. So I can hit the foot without even looking at it. Um, so repetition is a big thing. There's a often, there's a lot of like kind of ways you can do like dynamic pull-ups. So just like, I don't know. Well, my, yeah, my, the speed coach I used to work with said, you have to try and like rip the bar from the wall as the aim. Like you've got to, yeah, you can do stuff like that. Um, I train, yeah, my legs as well. I do a lot of, um, yeah, like skipping, um, stuff like that, jumping onto boxes. Yeah. Stuff that trains your leg strength, but yeah, it is a very, I, I think it probably would be similar to sprinting training, except yeah, you've got to get the repetition in and you've got to get the upper body strength in. And is it a case of, you sort of say about how sprinters can kind of generally do it with their eyes closed. Uh, obviously, the course is then clearly the same around the world, but are there different, uh, yeah. are the walls made of the same materials everywhere we go or do certain countries have a certain type of material, if that makes sense? Um, the holds, I know the holds are exactly the same, but I mean, I've actually only ever climbed at, um, well, the one, the speed wall in Australia isn't even of international standard. Oh, I think it might be now, but I don't think it quite is. I think the angle's a bit wrong and the texture's wrong. It's good, but it's, I think it's, yeah, not quite up to that standard. Um, and the only other one I've been to is in Italy. And yeah, I think the texture is, can be different. I know the one in France is meant to be more slippery. Like I think the wall can be different, but yeah, the holds are the same. They measure them with the la with a laser to get them like completely, um, accurate in the same position but yeah i think there are some there are a few tiny variables that can influence yeah performance and in terms of equipment uh are we talking specialized shoes here that you've got to wear to get a certain type of grip or are you, i mean are there things you are yeah. and aren't and not allowed to wear kind of on the shoes um shoes i think that I, I don't think there are too many specifications on shoes i know you can't um heat your shoes up beforehand because that makes them more sticky um, but for, yeah, for speed climbing, there are specialized, there are specialized, like really, really light harnesses. Um, there are specialized shoes that, yeah, help you, help you, yeah, go faster. Um, a lot of people wear like the kind of like body suits that really help, like help with air resistance. So there are, yeah, there are stuff you can wear to make you faster. Are you allowed to wear gloves? But, uh, um, gloves don't help because they're like, they kind of like slide up your hand. Um, it would yeah gloves gloves aren't generally you kind of have to make your hand the glove like you have to kind of t your skin kind of toughens up over time um to help and becomes like yeah good at friction it's it's just amazing about the shoes like i mean that's a fascinating thing about how kind of they help grip uh, do they have to measure that do they kind of have to before you go on the course like get a thermometer and stick it in your shoe to make sure it's not too hot oh i actually never seen anyone i've never heard of anyone breaking that rule so i'm actually not sure how they measure it um yeah i can't i can't really help you with that one but i think uh, yeah that's that's an interesting question because i would um, think that I that think would be something that you would have to keep an eye on because otherwise yeah. you know like uh, there you go ella tokyo just uh, just stick your shoe <laughs> in the microwave for 30 seconds if they're not yeah. going to check i mean they i think they as, as with a lot of things, like I guess with doping as well, they probably rely on other athletes or like in the team reporting athletes. Um, yeah. Or maybe seeing smears of rubber left on the wall. If it's a bit more melted, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if that would be, I think, yeah, they, re they rely on honesty from yeah. Teammates. And it's, I think it would be quite hard to measure, but I haven't seen anyone get um, called up for it before. 
we're not giving any ideas out there. Um, although, again, yeah. as I said, it helps you get sort of a medal that way. Yeah. You mentioned about Australia kind of, I guess, being a little bit new to the sport. What are, what are the countries, I guess, that sort of lead the way? You mentioned, I think, Slovenia, yeah, a good athlete from um, there. I Slovenia mean, Slovenia is incredible. I mean, all the European, a lot of the European countries are really, really good. America's very good. Um, Japan is. Well, at my so I've only actually been to one international competition, um, but Japan absolutely slaughtered it. They were, they're amazing. They're um, yeah, they're really really good. Japan, Japan and Slovenia probably lead the way, but it depends on each discipline as well. That makes sense then that Japan kind of mm. pushed for. I mean, we sort of talked up karate, kind of that was sort of a and baseball, like two huge sports in Japan. So kind of that then I guess makes sense if all of a sudden they're really good at uh at sports climbing is it surprising that australia i mean australia is obviously you know very outdoorsy i think rock climbing is from what i know is a very popular sport in this country so i mean is it surprising to think that kind of we're new to it and it's not more of a bigger thing i i genuinely think i mean we are getting so much better there are some like truly amazing climbers um in australia yeah like angie scarf johnson oceana mckenzie i'm well i'm just thinking of the younger climbers coming up and they are genuinely incredible um oceana mckenzie has made a final um in the in the world like the world cup adult circuit which is so we we have a few climbers that are up there i'm there's so many that i'm not mentioning but um but generally i think it's the mentality i think we're a, a kind of a more relaxed i mean i don't know if that's true at all but i think climbing is very very perfectionist you kind of have to have this you have to be obsessive and i don't know if that mindset is as prevalent in australia as in other countries but yeah i think because we do actually have quite good outdoor climbing. I'm not really sure why it took off in, yeah, Europe and not here. I think it's probably to do with the mentality there. The, the organisation yeah. Sport Climbing Australia, so they're obviously the, the governing body for the sport in the in the country. Do, do you know sort of how much participation there is sort of across the country? I mean, how many, how many I guess, in general Australians are going to international competitions at the moment? Um, well, we usually fill our quota. So, yeah, for... Well, I know for the Youth World Championships, we had um we had a big team and a lot of, uh, a lot of people. Yeah, we we generally filled the three athletes per um per section like quota. Um, it's more to do with the the level of competition internally. So we have um, for example, I remember my first state competition. I was up against like five other girls or something like that. Like there's it's not there's not many there's it's growing, but there's still like not many climbers um in the competition scene like nowhere near compared to america where they have to have regional competitions which is like yeah our first level is state so yeah there's just there's not many climbers internally competing which i think is also what differs us there's yeah so what uh, in terms of the national so um you mentioned state so so you go to the new south wales championship i'm guessing and then do you sort of just have the the nationals or i mean can you go and compete in the in the queensland championships to get a little bit more extra experience or do you just have to sort of go state nationals as kind of your competitions well your state is the one that counts um but yeah i've gone to other state competitions before you can get you, you can get like the prizes and stuff which is cool um yeah it gives you experience so you can go to them but in the end it's your um your like state ranking that helps you yeah that gets you to nationals and um, each state has a quarter of, oh, I think it's five. And then if you're the state hosting it, you get a, a few more, um, like hosting the nationals. So how so many? That's how, yeah, that's how the competitions work. So how many nationals have you been to, Ella, and and how have you done in the national championships? Well, I've see, I, I actually am quite new to the the climbing scene. I've done 
two. Um, the first one I did pretty shockingly. Um, I just, it was just of a scale that I wasn't used to at all. Um, I made it into worlds for speed. So I came second in speed, but I decided not to go just cause yeah, I, I speed was kind of not really my thing. Um, and then yeah, 2019 nationals. Oh, sorry. I've been to three nationals. I've been to an adult one as well. Um, yeah, 2019 nationals. I came second in Boulder, which I was very, very happy about. Um, yeah, I came second in speed as well, which I was also very happy about and third in lead, which was, wow. yeah. And so I got into, um, youth worlds for all three disciplines, which is very cool. Fantastic. Yeah. It's interesting. You say you sort of, you, you qualify for the worlds, but you decide not to go. I mean, was why, why would you say no to that opportunity? I, so I have, a, I've had a lot. Yeah, I know. I kind of regret it, but I also, it's, it was more about my mentality. I don't even think I was ready for in some, some ways I don't think I was ready for worlds last year either. Almost. Um, it's just like, it's a, from Nash, Australian nationals to um world is a, colossal leap like it is insane how different it is so I think at the time I just wasn't really into the idea um but I do regret not going I think yeah going with the team and just having that experience would have really really helped me in my next worlds but which you went to last year I believe in Italy I mean that any opportunity I can imagine to say that you're representing your country is just an absolute honor yeah what was that experience like and and how did you go so I did, I did okay in lead. I came 46 out of, I'm not sure how many people. Um, it was very, very close. Yeah. The, the scores were quite close. Um, wasn't great. Um, I came, I think, oh, sorry. I've got it written down. Cause I always forget. Um, 30th in speed, not sure out of how many I came 20th overall and then Boulder, I did really, really badly. My, I got so nervous. I threw up all my food the morning before, which was terrible. Um, and I just did, yeah, I did quite shockingly at Boulder. I think I came like 60th or something, very near the bottom. But um, I was, yeah, I was quite pr- proud of um, 20th overall. That was my best result. It wasn't a great comp though for me. It's, it's just so, so intimidating. It was, I wasn't ready for it at all. The leap was, yeah absolutely huge which but yeah it was really really fun but it must be a unique experience to come from australia where you said kind of it's sort of still very new and fresh to i guess uh it's a world championships so i'm assuring it's sort of you know the leading um facilities in the in the world and but i guess it's that experience uh, i kind of does that help you then sort of moving forward so that when you come back to australia and you sort of prep yourself <clears throat> excuse me for, for the next competition that you've got that in the back of your mind now that you can kind of push forward to the to the next level yeah. Well, for me, Worlds was a real wake-up call. Um, I, yeah, so I didn't do incredibly. I did all right. But after Boulder, it can, yeah, it was, so, it was such a big, it was an amazing experience, but it made, it really, really messed with my head. I, I felt like I'd failed like Australia. Like I think, I think a lot of athletes kind of find that you find, I don't know, because it's just so different. It, it's like, it was very, very shocking to me, very jarring. So for me, it really, it made me look into my headspace and yeah, kind of question um, how to become stronger and how to not get those setbacks because I couldn't, I didn't really train for the a next, like a month after that, which is, yeah, pretty crazy for me. So for me, it was, it was, yeah, it was a real, it was a really good wake up call. I think it was a really important experience. To, so how do you have. overcome that? How do you kind of retrain the, the mental side of, of you competing? Well, I think it's important to um, acknowledge that sports psychologists can like help with that. 
So for me, I didn't, I don't know, my friends, like they were really supportive, but it wasn't like enough kind of like, you, I don't know. It's quite like, I just assumed I was overreacting. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's very, it's weird to kind of, you don't even realize what your expectations are of yourself and they can, your expectations can push your, push you to be really, really good, but they can also, if you fail them, yeah, they can be really, really damaging. So I actually ended up seeing a sports psychologist, um, Jocelyn Penner, um, Sydney sports medicine center. I wrote it down cause she's amazing. Um, I had, I think like two or three sessions with her and it genuinely helped so much just like, yeah, kind of, I think it's really, really the mental side of, of sports aren't really talked about enough. Like it is so much pressure and yeah, it's really, really important to just train your mental health as well and find coping mechanisms to deal with failure or stress and stuff like that. And is a lot of that too, now that the sport is an Olympic sport, is there kind of a lot of people now realizing that this is a, a new goal to kind of reach that next level? Do you feel that adds that extra element of, of pressure trying to aim to get to the, the peak sporting competition on the planet? Yeah, for me, yeah, for me, it definitely, it definitely adds pressure. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I would love to get into the Olympics, but I do know that there is a lot of really, really strong competitors out there. So yeah, it's, it's very, I don't know, just the kind of uncertainty of how everyone will go, especially after um, isolation and not being able to hit gyms and stuff like that. I think, yeah, the uncertainty adds a whole new level of pressure. Um, the format is just like, I don't like doing the format. I think it's a, it's a cool format to watch, but I personally find it really, really tiring. So that like, and it's a new format for me. So that adds a yeah whole new level of pressure. So I think everyone will be feeling the uncertainty of it. And yeah. So what is the format for the Olympics? How, and how does that differ to what you're used to? So usually you do each um, discipline separately. So when I went to Worlds, it was each on a different day, um, which is, yeah. And well, I had actually days of rest in between, which is super nice. Um, combined puts it all into one day which wow. is really well yeah it is very very tiring um, I've done a practice combined comp um, essentially you have a bouldering round first um, then you have oh no sorry sorry speed first yeah you have the speed round first um, and then you have long rests in between um, then you have the boulder round huge rest in between lead round um, that the whole qualifiers are 20 partic- uh, yeah, twenty athletes um, for both women and men. Um, and then the top six of those athletes, oh, the scores get multiplied together. Um, the people with the lowest scores, the top six athletes, go into the finals, where, again, it's speed, boulder, and lead. Um, yeah, which is it's, – it's so tiring. It is really – it just – yeah, you feel completely drained after a day of doing it. Is there a but reason why they do that? I mean, is this is this a first? I mean, are there other competitions where they do this or have the Olympics just decided to do this for a, for a different take? Well, they've done a few kind of competitions preparing for the Olympics. Um, yeah, I think the World Championships and they've done a few in, a, in like a, each country has kind of had qualifiers in that, um, except for Australia, ours has been postponed. Um, each country has had their qualifiers for that as well um, in that format. But yeah, it's very, very new. It's um, I think it's to get it all done in one in like two days because otherwise it stretches out and it becomes yeah, probably a bit tedious for the audience. But it's very new. Like climbers are not used to it at all, so it'd be very interesting to see how it goes. Because that essentially then, so what you just have a gold for for men and women. I'm assuming you're not going to have three gold, three you know for three different events. If that means then. Yeah, I don't know how the medals are going to work. I think. 
I've just been focusing on, yeah, on the combined format. But, yeah, I think that's right. I don't think it's awarded separately. So in the long run, you sort of mentioned you don't like the format, but how does that put you in terms of potential qualification? Because, I mean, you said you qualify yeah. for all three events at, at the Junior Worlds, but does that then you put you in an advantage against your, your other competitors you're fighting against for a spot in the Olympics? I think for me it does. I think one of my main strengths as a climber is my, is my versatility. I think I, I'm like... I'm reasonably good at all three disciplines. I think it's harder for climbers who have just focused on lead and boulder for ages and now have to adjust to speed. But I kind of came in, because I'm a recent climber, I've kind of trained all three for quite a while now. Um, so, yeah, it does. I think it does put me in adva- at an advantage, which is, which is really good because I'll need it. Like the combined is very, very hard and my competitors are really, really good as well. So, yeah, it's a good advantage to have. Now, I believe Australia only has one spot for qualifying for Tokyo. Is that correct? Um, yeah, one. Yeah. Well, we, we, yeah, we do have only one um, because the other spots are determined by like international events um, and we didn't get any athletes placed in those because, um, yeah, Australia is quite new. But I, and it also it's a very intense competition. But, um, yeah, so we only have one um, male spot and one female spot, which will be very, very hotly contested for. So but anything could happen. Yeah. Exactly. So how now with obviously the COVID situation, kind of things being postponed, postponed. So is there now just, you just have like one event later in the year basically to determine. And if you win that event, you're going to Tokyo essentially. Yeah. Um, it is on the 19th to the 20th of December, right at the end of the year. Um, it's essentially what would have been on the 28th of, oh no, I can't even remember when the last one was meant to be. <laughs> Yeah, Who knows what day it is, Ella? I can't remember what month are we in. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 28th of something. Um, yeah, so that's the new date. Um, yeah. Wait, sorry, what was the question? Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> when was that? When when was the tournament kind of and, and sort of how's that work? So, I mean, how many, do you know how many, uh, I guess, competitors you're up against when it comes to your, to the female category? Um, it should be. It should be 20, but I think it might just be, yeah, I think it's might just be, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it's 10 from Australia, 10 from New Zealand, so it is 20. I was confused because there's only 10. Nice. I forget that, yeah, so, so it is 20 and then it'll progress to final six. Um, yeah, I have confidence I can get into at least the final six. And then once, yeah, once you're in the final six, like anything can happen. So, yeah, but, who knows? So with the fact that New Zealanders are also involved in this, do, do they get a spot or are they fighting for our spot as well? Like is there only one spot for oh, Australia or New Zealand? Yeah, yeah they're fighting for our spot. Oh, um, bugger the Kiwis. Don't invite know, them. Right? Just make the plane stay over there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a bit sad, but, yeah, we'll we'll hold our own, I reckon. But, what, but they're very strong as well. So that could, yeah, that brings in. And I don't really know them at all, so... Honestly, I kind of have no idea what I'm up against um, in terms of New Zealand, but I'm excited to to meet them. It'll be cool. How, I mean, you mentioned this before about kind of the lockdown situation, you know, preventing training and things like that. How how do you stay in some form of fitness or training in that situation? Is it a case of using that sort of the, the finger training you were talking about before? Are there other things that a sport climber can do when you're kind of confined to four walls of your house essentially yeah well it was it was hard um so I know a lot of climbers built home walls I didn't just because expensive <laughs> but mm. yeah and and the, the time and we weren't sure how long lock, lockdown would go for so I didn't want to build a wall and then have it um yeah lockdown open suddenly so I ended up um 
I ended up focusing on my fitness. I treated it kind of as a extreme off season, but um, yeah. So I have a coach, um, Alex McKins, um, yeah, first ascent personal training. And he gave us like, yeah, he gave us, we'd have every two days we get a program and it would be split up into four sections. We do prehab to keep all our muscles like conditioned um, against injury, which is super important for climbing just because the movements are insane sometimes. Um, we'd have, oh, plyometrics, I think they're called, um, which was stuff helping with speed climbing especially. So like skipping, um, single leg jumps, stuff like that. That really helps dynamic movement. Um, we had, yeah, an endurance session or a finger strength, uh, finger strength session on the hangboard. And then we'd have either a strength or power session. And I'd, I'd add in some ab workouts and um, a lot of running as well, just to really, really keep my fitness quite strong. So I actually didn't, it was quite effective. Um, I haven't really felt the difference coming back to climbing, which is super cool. And what is your general routine like during the week? I mean, are you training daily? Is it kind of, do you have to limit it to a certain amount of times so you don't burn yourself out? Kind of what's a general week like training? Well, um, especially for climbing, you can't, my skin, my, like the skin on my hands um, is unfortunately not great. So I can't climb that many days in a row. Um, I tend to climb four or five times a week. Um, for yeah, a couple of hours a session. It really depends. I'll do, I do two climbing sessions on Tuesday. Um, the rest of the week I'll do, yeah, one climbing session. And then, yeah, a lot of it for me is, um, yeah, I go to the gym once or twice a week because my power, my power is personally quite good. So yeah, I tend to focus on my flexibility, my core strength, um, and my finger strength more than that. So yeah. And then I've also been running as well. So there's a, but you have to take, um, I have, one or two complete rest days where I only stretch because yeah, you, it's really hard. You've got to be really careful not to burn yourself out. And is there a, a certain type of diet that sports climbs? Like are there certain types of, of foods and, and drinks that you kind of have to focus on to, I guess, maintain your weight. I mean, kind of like what's the diet yeah. like for a sports climber? Um, For me, I have a very, very loose diet just because I don't, I don't know. I think, Calorie counting is, it sounds risky until I know like completely what to do. I don't want to take any risks while I'm growing. Um, and I think, yeah, it's important to kind of have healthy ideas. I don't want to start calorie counting and get obsessed with my weight or something. I have done a little bit of that before, but, um, yeah, so I tend, so I avoid sugary foods usually unless it's a birthday. That's my rule. Um, cause I think that's fair enough. Um, I have, I have less self-restraint than a lot of climbers. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have, yeah, wheat picks pretty much every morning because for me, I know they work as my fuel. Um, and then yeah, on rest days, I tend to have more protein, um, to rebuild my muscles, but honestly, it's quite, I can feel when my body like kind of feels healthy. I can feel when, yeah, if, um, if what food I'm eating is, is kind of benefiting me, but yeah, I, I don't really have a diet. I know a lot of other climbers do though. It's not like a carb loading. You're not like Michael Phelpsing it where you're eating like three pizzas no. before you swim, right? <laughs> no. For me, it's much looser. I tend to just go by feel. If I feel like, I don't know, if I feel like my body is really, really full of energy and yeah, stuff like that, then yeah, I feel ready to go climb. I know a lot of climbers do calorie count though, but I'm just not prepared to risk it quite, yeah, quite yet. When yet. the sport was announced, at being at the Olympics. Had you already started or were you kind of after it had been announced at the Olympics? Um, I started, yeah, so it was announced at the Olympics. I think it was only like 
one or two years ago or something mm. like that. So I'd been climbing for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I think when it was announced, I was like, I think I was, yeah, I was well into training by then, I think. Um, yeah, most climbers were. I think to have a chance, it, it was announced quite recently before the selection event. So it's been a, a rush to get, um, yeah, rush to really kind of get your our body in shape, which is, yeah, it's um, just a... What's that feeling like when you kind of hear? Because I mean, this is a unique perspective. I'd love to hear because I mean, everyone we've had on the show are in sports that are long established Olympic sports, so they know that that is kind of the peak, you know, competition for their respective sport. But you're in a sport. You're all of a sudden yeah. finding out that this is now an Olympic sport. I mean, as an athlete, now knowing that your sport that you're good at, you can now go to the Olympics. I mean, how does that make you feel as an athlete knowing that? Honestly, I'm kind of trying to keep like quite neutral about it like i it is because it's just so weird like i've never i've never really had any olympic aspirations just because i thought it would never happen i thought it would never really yeah it was never in the olympics until very recently so yeah it is it's crazy because yeah you know the olympics is the peak of human like physical strength of of skill yeah i'm really inspired by olympians so to think that i could be one of them is like crazy and i've met a few olympians and they're all just so inspiring and so hardworking. So yeah, I think if not this Olympics, I'll definitely try and get into the next one. Like, well, yeah, I, I definitely, and I think I have a chance. I think, yeah, the fact that there'll be more than one Olympics is crazy as well, but I have like multiple chances of it, which is, yeah. Which I think, but, I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you mean about the Olympians. I mean, I've, I've long had an ambition to go on the Olympics, Ella, but unless I make podcasting an Olympic sport, I think I probably uh <laughs> Not quite going to be there uh, anytime soon. But it's – and, like, having it postponed as well because, you know, you go into that mindset, as you said, it was kind of announced late. You sort of – things going fast. You know, now pushing towards that date, we think it's going to be a qualification. It's then cancelled. I mean, back to that mental uh, ability you were talking about before, how does that affect you then when you kind of – you're in such a mindset of pushing towards this goal and then now you've got to wait another 12 months? I was very annoyed um, because it's in my HSE now. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm actually, yeah, I'm quite annoyed about that. It's been quite hard balancing my motivations because I always thought I'd take a year off from training in my HSE. Well, not a year, but a year off from competitions just to focus on that as well. So it's, it's really, it's especially for me, it's, it's, yeah, it's really weird having it postponed. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I'm going to try and get in this in amazing shape but it is weird, like training up for that event so, so much. And then it just, yeah, because I was training uh, like very, very hard before the event. And now it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of dwindled away into nothing, which is, yeah, crazy. What's more important to you, your HSC or the Olympic Games? Well, that's the thing. I've always had this idea in my head that they wouldn't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so hard to balance just because, yeah, my family aren't athletes. So we've always been very, very it's very weird being a student and also climbing because you never really know what your motivations are because obviously HSE is kind of, yeah, school is, is proclaimed as it should be your top priority. But then I don't know. It's, it's, I honestly, I think if, if I'm qualified for the Olympics, HSE is gone. Like I, I don't <laughs> care about it anymore because you know, it's the Olympics. Like, of course I'm not going to care about HSE, but Damn for right. now, yeah, exactly. But HSC, like, yeah, it, it does matter 
I don't know. It's it's it will matter to me quite a lot because don't let your parents like- listen to this interview, Ella. Just let's yeah. let them hear this interview. <laughs> I mean, I can, right. it's, it's obviously yeah. it is one of those kind of balancing acts. And I think the thing though with your age, like you mentioned, kind of if you don't qualify for Tokyo, no, there's there's always Paris, of course, in four years' time as well. So I mean, I guess yeah. that's one thing you've got on your side is definitely your your age that you you've kind of still at that ability where you you do have yeah. plenty of chances, I guess, to to qualify for Olympic games. Honestly, I'm more hopeful for the next one than this one. I think just, I don't know, like obviously I will try my absolute hardest and I think I have the ability to make it into the Olympics this year, but I think this, I'm treating this as, yeah, I don't know. I think next year, the the next one will probably be more of a chance, but honestly, anything goes. Like it could be this year as well. We have the confidence in you, Elle. I mean, like I I won't Uh mention the weirdly bad track record we have of getting athletes on the show and then they really kind of go shit at the olympics Ooh. afterwards um but we're going to get you to the olympics that's all we care about yeah. right we'll see. we'll see if not if not this one i've always got next one exactly so. exactly are they yeah. at are they at the youth olympics uh is sport climbing at the youth olympics it was i don't even know what the qualification was for that i just yeah we had i think we had um one athlete there um I'm not really sure what the, I think they just kind of pick someone, but I honestly have no, I was, wasn't really into, I was kind of less into co- like competitions when that was, when that rolled around. But um, yeah, we have had a climber go to the, the, the youth Olympics for climbing. What's it like, say with your friends when, you know, they want to hang out or something like that. And you, you say, I've got to go climbing instead. I mean, it's kind of not like, you know, it's, as I said at the very beginning of the interview, it's a sport that a lot of people maybe are unaware of is, is a sport. How, what do you say to your friends? Like, Hey, no, I'm just going to go climb a wall for a couple yeah, of hours. I'll hang out with really you later. Sucks. I mean, it's, it really does suck to like, I've, friends like do get angry at me sometimes. Like, I don't know. I always feel like I should, it's so like they're having three priorities in life, having HSC friends and climbing. It's really, really tough. And I also think, especially because you don't really realize how um, into like, yeah, how important friends are for your support system. It's always hard to kind of balance that because yeah, it is. And yeah, climbing isn't really, it's not like, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't realize that it's like an actual sport. Like they it kind of just think it's like a, a ledger thing. So that makes it even harder. Yeah, it's 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 really it's it's pretty shitty. It's it's not a fun situation, but it's more yeah. of a sport than dressage. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> I mean, it's more, I mean it's an it's a very very hard sport, but just because people don't really recognize it as that. Well, from what I, from what again, the research I've kind of looked into this before the interview, Ella. It's kind of from what I can see of it. I feel like this has the real potential to be one of these sports where people will watch at the Olympics and go, holy crap, where has this sport been yeah. in our lives? Like it, it looks very interesting. Yeah. And, and spectator-wise, I mean, we're at the Junior Worlds, is it a big crowd? Like kind of how does that work for spectators coming to watch this? Um, I think I, the venue wasn't actually that big, but um, we did have a crowd and it was – well, I mean, I'm biased because I do the sport, but it was very, very exciting. There was um this, yeah, amazing Italian commentator who was just, he was great. He brought this great energy to the, um, the whole thing. Um, yeah, I think there's been huge crowds in other events, like the World Championships always draws a massive crowd. Um, yeah, like the stadiums can be really big. There's music pumping. It's re- And the, oh, the one in Tokyo has a, like a light show, wow. which is just really really crazy yeah I think so yeah my 
the world cha- I don't remember the world championships having a huge crowd just but I think that was purely because of the venue I think it could attract yeah thousands and thousands of people for sure well I implore anybody listening heading to Tokyo in 2021 you know might be might be good value tickets I can't imagine that uh, oh, these yeah. are maybe among the high demand tickets you know so they could be getting a bargain yeah. to see a to see a great sport and I'll tell you what we, we've tried our hand at commentary on this show a few times uh you know i had particular fun doing the moguls in pyeongchang which is a fun sport to commentate i i yeah. i want to watch you at the olympics and i want to commentate because yeah. if it's five seconds i'm barely going to be able yeah. to say and he's ella and Kvit. oh she's done sweet there you go big climbing is hard to commentate on you kind of have to leave all the commenting for after yeah <laughs> but but it, it's for bouldering and lead like there's a lot of stuff you can you can look at and there's a lot of yeah I think it's really, it's it's pretty exciting sport, and I think yeah, people should definitely go see it. Like it's so it's so cool, and the light show will be, it'll be good. <laughs> it'll it's, be very good. I can imagine it's going to be a very uh, unique Olympics. I think kind of uh, mm. with everything that that will go ahead. Ella, we we have a little segment on this show which um, we're going to bring back. It's been actually a few interviews since we've done it, um, based on a a questionnaire that was on the Canadian Olympic website in the lead up to Rio where they sort of got uh, athletes and kind of asked them a a variety of different questions. And I'm going to go through some of these questions now just just as a get to know you. So so everyone listening can get to know uh, our future Australian Olympic gold medalist on the show right now. So, you know, just putting even more pressure on you here. So if you... Are, are you prepared for this? I, I, I mean, I, I literally told okay. you this before I hit record, but I'm sure you've done your homework on random questions to answer these. Oh, of no. Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Good. All mm-hmm. right. I'm glad that's the correct answer. One point straight away. Um, so first question, who the who do you is the greatest ever Olympian of all time? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I, oh, Okay. Well, I really like Olivia Vivian. She's my personal favorite. Okay. Um, Australian ninja warrior, absolute legend. Um, and yeah, she's she's very cool. So I'll say her. I'll say Olivia Vivian, um, a gymnast. She's crazy. Great yeah. answer. I don't think we've ever follow had that one before. So yeah, follow her on Instagram. I like these plugs you're going. Well, she's my personal favorite. I think yeah, she's she's pretty great. She's pretty great. Now there was um. Uh, one of your fellow sports climbers, he was on Ninja Warrior, was he not? Oh, a bunch of uh, climbers are pretty good at Ninja Warrior. I'm right. probably going to try. I'll try Ninja Warrior myself. Okay. Well, we'll you know, yeah. Olympic gold and Ninja Warrior, you know. Yeah. Bugger the HSC. You'll do both of them instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first Olympics you remember watching, do you remember what Olympics you remember first watching? Rio. I'm, <laughs> that's, the, that's the one I, yeah. I haven't, I don't, I don't, I was quite young when the other ones come out. So I, maybe I did watch them, but I honestly don't remember watching them. I do remember the first thing I watched though. I watched the, um, the ribbon gymnastics Yep. and I was, I was very impressed. It was very good. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. You're making me feel a lot older that your first Olympics you remember watching is Rio. <laughs> Holy crap. Um... Because I was like, I would have been like 12 when that came out. And then, yeah, the one before would have been eight. So that's pretty young. But, wow. Yeah, Rio's the one I remember. Okay, I won't mention Barcelona as my first. Um, <laughs> if you could be... I don't even know when that was. 92, 1992, oh, yes. I was not born by then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I think I know the answer to this one. If you could be any superhero, who would you be? 
Spider-Man. Come on, that's that's too easy. You're already Spider-Man, let's be honest. Oh, uh, thank you. Have have you ever been tempted to compete in a Spider-Man costume? I am now. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't. I have not. But next time there's a... I feel like it'd be a pretty a generic costume, though. I might want to go for something more, like more out there but i'm tempted now but you could you could get get onto the aoc right and when they're designing the team uniforms like full on like get the the spider-man green and gold gold i could go for a green and gold spider-man i think that'd be sick you would like it sells itself how is this not something that somebody has done before like it sells itself and the speed climbing i feel like it'd be very very aerodynamic if you had like a a skin tight spider-man green and gold yeah, speed skaters do it in the winter games. Like you know, it helps them. Kathy Freeman wore it when she won gold in Sydney. So like you know, yeah. like w- let's bring on the Spider Man costume. I bring say. it. All right, more people would watch. There you go. I'm telling you now. Um, your favorite. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I personally like. Oh, I'm gonna go with with mango. Oh, oh, actually, I've got one. Um, it's from Messina, salted coconut and mango. Never had a better. Oh, it's so good. Wow. It's incredible. Fancy taste. Yeah. I like that's mm-hmm. got Olympian written all over it. There you go. It's really good. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of these ones. Where I, I mean, they've gotten an athlete to do a drawing here. We don't have that amount of time. Um, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? Oh, um, Lemon by Nerd. I love that song. Um, nice. It's pretty great. Or, or um, you know this song from Bend It Like Beckham, the one that goes do 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 I think Move On Up by Curtis Mayfield. That's a classic. Actually, that'd be it. That'd be it. That's a that's a good one. I'm seeing this again. Like, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Like, they need to have kind of walk up music as you go to the wall, like representing Australia. At least, that would be so cool. I always sometimes when I'm walking out, like I kind of sing it in my head. Like, imagine kind of everyone's looking at me as I like stride out onto the. That would be so great. Honestly, I was thinking of getting into like wrestling purely because they have like walkout music. Yeah. Like that would be so Well, they do it with swimming now. They come out with these kind of Jedi really? robes with the video screens yeah. behind them. It's very pop. Yeah, Sorry. Is, is there sledging? Like, I mean, are you competing in speed? Like are you actually directly competing with somebody next to you? And like do you sort of look over and go, yeah. hey, 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 guess what? I'm going to kick your ass. You suck. Climbing is actually, it's a very, very nice sport. I, there's like no, I don't know. I've never heard anyone say like a bad word about like someone to their face in climbing. <laughs> to their it's face, very, to their face. Some, yeah. Well, I think I've heard there's always some, some kind of, yeah, it's always a little <laughs> bit of drama, but um, no, it's a very, I don't know why, but it's a very, very nice sport. The community is super, super like supportive and like, I don't know, like, especially compared to like, I don't know, soccer, which I've also played. Like there's just, I don't know, there's not really anything. The Which New Zealanders, kind of watch out for those New Zealanders. Just That's right. <laughs> learn some sheep jokes. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. There's not really much. Look, but I lived in New change. Zealand for 18 months. Just call them Australians. They get pissed off. Oh, treasury. Yeah, that, that's Fair how it works. That's um, pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> the, what is the best nickname that you've ever been called? Um, Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh, that that is a someone, that is a perfect nickname. It was I don't know why someone said I looks like Kevin Bacon. You don't need like, a reason oh, why. If someone calls you Kevin Bacon, yeah. you win at life. It was great. Yeah, no, that was that's the best nickname. Hundred percent. Own it. What, uh, this isn't a Odd question, one. but what's your favorite Kevin Bacon movie? This is a bonus question. 
Oh, well, you know the sad thing? I've actually never seen a Kevin Bacon oh, movie. Oh, um, Ella. I do know he was in Footloose, and I'm sure I would love Footloose. So. Ella, Ella, is Ella. He is, he is. He is. Yes. Watch, <laughs> watch The Air Up There. It's a the air up there. it's I'll a basketball it movie. movie. Um, it's uh, it's it's great. It's fantastic. I will. I'll um, keep it in mind. Please, actually, I want you to answer Kevin Bacon with this one now. Uh, in a movie about your life, who would play you? Well, I can't not say Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> the guy doesn't age. I think he do me justice, to absolutely. be honest. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this one kind of is an interesting one for you. Obviously, you know, you, you're still very young. You're still uh, in high school. So, I mean, this kind of can relate almost to a question of what will you be when you grow up, I guess, outside of being an athlete. But the question here is if you weren't an athlete, then what would you be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I've got no idea. Um, I'm kind of an English nerd, but, like, I'm not really sure. I'd probably do something writing based. I've I've had like so many career paths in mind. Like I wanted to join the army at one point. Um, I wanted to be like a search and rescue person. But honestly, oh, actually, journalist. But journalism is sort of dying. So, yeah, I, like a I, National Geographic journalist, go to like Venezuela and write articles on like I don't know trees or something. That would be my dream job. It As an actual journalist, um, I can tell you it has its pros and cons. Um, it's, but it's hard. It's hard now, right? Like yeah. it must be pretty, pretty tough. It's uh, but, you, yeah. you have to adapt. It's kind of yeah. um, you know, I mean, exactly. like, look, don't get me wrong. I, I'm with you. National Geographic journalists would be absolutely fantastic. But um, oh yeah, the, the beauty is, hard. is that. As, as well as many people think it's dying, it's also flourishing in many ways too because there yeah. is, as much as, say, newspapers and magazines aren't what they used to be, the internet has, yeah. you know, got so yeah. many a myriad of opportunities. So um, That's true. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad. I don't know. I think I've always wanted to kind of – I've always sort of wanted to be a journalist, but we'll see. I don't know. Just, athlete um, is fast, obviously. There's, being an athlete is pretty epic. Yeah, just so. look, I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll, you can have my career. I'll have yours. I'll go to the Olympics. You write That's stories. <laughs> Glad to swap. I'd rather that gold medal. Um, what is your guilty pleasure snack? Frozen berries. Easy oh, question. Didn't I even hesitate. I, I'm such a big fan of frozen berries. Um, I know all my favorite brands. I, <laughs> I used to eat about a pack of a day, which was a bit wow. bad. So, like. Yeah, I that's yeah. I love them. I I truly love them. So they're why berries. frozen berries? Why not just regular berries? What what is it special about know. the frozen ones? I, well, first of all, they're cheaper, which is always good. Um, so I don't feel guilty about having like, an absurd amount. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just there's something like if people. I'm, I'm a bit of a trendsetter. A lot of people um in my friend group like frozen berries now. They're pretty good. It's like it's almost like having ice cream without the guilt. So it's not even like a guilty. Well, it should be a guilty pleasure, but like the guilt is kind of washed away by the fact that it's a fruit. Like it yeah. feels like you're having. It's I've great. never really I'm heard someone explain fruit as guilty, but hey, <laughs> climbing. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I think it's just the amount I have. Like, yeah, I have <laughs> a there, lot of them. Are there particular ones? Like, are you a, are you a strawberry, a raspberry girl? Like, kind of, is it have to be a particular berry or mixed um, berries? Mixed berries are good. I think. Yeah, I've always strawberries have always been my favorite. Um, but mixed berries are—they're the classic. They're—they yeah, they're what you really want. Perfect. Frozen mango is good too, though. You mm -hmm. like your mangoes? I'm—I'm I'm discovering this. Yeah, this is a mangoes are good. 
See, okay. I don't. You'd be way too young to remember this, but there was many years ago when we had the awesome foursome rowing uh, team that won a bunch of gold medals. They were spokespeople for, I think they were Golden Valley Fruit, and they used to do an Ooh. ad where they used to have, all four of them would be singing this peaches, mango, peaches song. So there you go, future ambitions as an Olympic gold medalist. Get so yourself great. a I've gig always, with Golden yeah. Valley. Yeah, but I've always wanted to be sponsored by either Wheat Bix or like a frozen berry company. That would be my absolute. <laughs> Like hey, they, genuinely, I'd be so happy. Don't they do those berry wheat anymore? Do they still do those ones? Well, I'm more of a, I'm a fan of the pure wheat bix. Oh, so I'd want to be a pure because they're just like, I don't know. They just, I love them. They're so good. Well, it's been but, a while yeah. since they've had those. I remember they used to have like Brett Lee and Tim Cahill on those ads with like, how many do you yeah. do? And kind of, you know, yeah. smashing wheat bix. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. yeah. Listening, sanitarium. Um, Get get her on board. Uh, your what is your favorite song lyric? Oh, that's very hard. I, uh, I feel like I'm gonna have to come back to that one. I I really can't think of them because I'm like I'm more of like a tune person. Like I barely listen to the words half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all of my favorites will probably be explicit. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> As a teenager, you know, I listen. I like to listen to a bit of, yeah. They're probably probably a bit explicit, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like by all means, again, your parents aren't listening to it, so you can drop us a, you know, a, a, a Kanye West verse or something. I don't know. I was, uh, yeah. I, I'll come back to it. I'll, I'll, I'll think of something maybe, but I'm there's gonna, just so many. I feel I'm like gonna music. hold you to it. I will hold you to oh, it. No. What I'm is so the scared. most recent TV show that you binge watched? Um. Fleabag, uh, Fleabag season two. I didn't watch um, season one, but I watched the entirety of Fleabag in one night. So that was my, yeah, very good show. Going to go back and watch season one now that you've watched season two? Nah, I'll leave it at season. Season two was so good. I don't (laughs) want to ruin it with season one. Um, Uh, It was great though. Good show. British comedy is really, really good. I feel like you just have like kind of dry like wit that's just, yeah, Killing Eve is good too. I'm, I'm a fan of that, but yeah. Great. Favorite place. What is your favorite place in the world to compete in? Oh, well, it'd have to be Arco. I mean, the stadium, it had a huge climbing wall and there was like a massive um, hill with a castle in the background. So like easy. Yeah, that was an easy question. (laughs) It was amazing. Really, really cool. And Italy is beautiful. So definitely Italy. Did did you just chow down on pasta? I mean, I know that's probably a kind of obvious question, but I can't imagine going to Italy and not eating pasta. And, um, yeah, pizza, pasta, and gelato. Yeah, oh. they were great. Berry gelato or mango gelato? Oh, berry. Of course, berry gelato. Of course, berry. Right, yep, absolutely. Um, what is your favourite video game? I, this is going to sound really lame, but I, I can't do video games. I'm really bad at them. My mum actually lapped me in Mario Kart, and <laughs> after that humiliating defeat, I was out of there. Could not handle it. It was so sad. I got lost. I got lost in the court. I don't know how I got lost in Mario Kart, but I just could not find my way. So honestly, I'm going to have to say Tetris. I don't even know if that counts. I'm just going to go with Tetris. I I, I think when you can say that you've been lapped by your mum in Mario Kart, you are probably not good (laughs) at video games. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Unless your mum is like the world champion in Mario Kart. I'll take away from your mum. It was her first time playing. Oh, okay. Um, Well, yep. So... 
Wow. That wasn't great. Okay. Stick to the sport climbing, Ella. Stick to the sport climbing. E-games, probably not in your future. Uh, what is your biggest fear in life? Um. Oh, that's a, that's a very deep question Deep, isn't asking. it? Yeah, I know, right? From song lyrics well, to I, I biggest like, fear. I feel like for, well, I don't like spiders, but I feel like I can get over that, Um, which is a bit ironic because Spider-Man is my favourite superhero, <laughs> but we'll ignore that. Um. <laughs> I think for a lot of athletes, it's failure, just like kind of failure to achieve the expectations that you're putting on yourself, but all aspects of life, really. So I'd go with failure. I think that's a pretty universal, especially an athlete fear. But well, yeah. The, the one I'm reading off here, this is a, a Canadian wrestler by the name of Danielle Lepage. Uh, her answer for that is failure as well. So Yeah. Well, go. I think because... It is it is scary. Like, I don't know, you work so hard for one event and then it's, like, kind of thrown out if you fail. So, yeah, definitely failure. And this is the one thing that, I mean, I love talking to, to athletes and particular Olympic athletes is that, I mean, the, the unique, the great, the bad thing about the Olympics is it's a four-year cycle. So it's kind of you, mm-hmm. you put so much effort into one event that's four years and it's kind yeah. of I can imagine that kind of weighs into the mind a little bit as well. Yeah, just keeping up the motivation. I tend to kind of, there's so many different aspects of climbing. You can, like, you can do competitions, but you can also focus on outdoor climbing and you still remain quite strong if you do outdoor climbing. So for me, yeah, I I kind of tend to switch between the two. I want to be a good athlete in both, both, um, yeah, indoor and outdoor. So yeah, for me, I think for climbing, it's less difficult than maybe for like, I don't know, any other sport. But yeah, it's still hard. Final question. What is the one thing that you can't live without? Um, I go with frozen berries. There you frozen go. Frozen berries pretty pretty strong answer. <laughs> so basically yeah. the, the perfect night for you is uh, eating a bowl of frozen berries on wheat beaks while watching Kevin Bacon movies essentially. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're any good yet. I have never seen a Kevin oh, Bacon movie. Ella, it's Kevin Bacon. Come on, the guy could read you the the dictionary and it's entertaining. Yeah, he's he's um he sounds like a legend. I'll he, get on to it. He's beyond a legend. He he's Kevin yeah. Bacon. Like, you know, there are certain people yeah. in the world that you just say their name and you automatically you, your heart beats faster, you get excited. You're inspired. You feel, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, Definitely. like when you're you're about to enter that course uh in December, right? You you like sure, get that warm-up music, get it going. Pump out That's a few right. bars of Footloose and just look at a picture of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Literally, just All look right. at it. Get 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 a printed picture of him. Instant win, instant kill, just instant gold. Simple, medal. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And to, to prove that I'm right, fire up Mario Kart after this interview. Look at a picture of no. Kevin Bacon. You will lap your mum. I'm gonna have to decline that. Never yes. again. Never again will I hear the yeah music of Mario Kart. <laughs> Ella, it's been a it's been a treat to chat with you. Before I let you go, did you think of any song lyrics so I quickly put you on the spot again? No. No. All right. There's too many. There's too many. I failed in that regard. But yeah. No. That's it's, 
It's all good. Mario Kart and song lyrics, not your forte. But it and it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and to learn about this sport. I mean, we're so excited to be able to see this sport and I guess witness it for the very first time. And I best of luck for for you between now and and the Olympics and, and December. And I look forward to getting you back on this show. Uh, let's say between December and the Olympics next year, we can talk to you about qualifying, and then we'll get you back on as that Olympic gold medalist. You can show off a nice bright gold medal from Tokyo twenty twenty one, and we can celebrate that on the show sounds good to me (laughs) well thank you so much for having me it's been really fun fantastic chat there with Ella definitely learning a lot there and I said it in the interview and I'll say it again I'm excited for this sport come Tokyo 2021 Tokyo 2020 I don't know what we meant to call it it still has I think it's officially still Tokyo 2020 even though it's taking place place in 2021 but who the hell knows so I I for one will be uh, glued to my screens when the Olympics happen to watch this sport and uh, fingers crossed that Ella will be there competing for Australia. Now, if you're enjoying our interviews, of course, uh, we've got plenty more to come. Our uh, John Montgomery interview, that is uh, for a couple of weeks old now, really, but it's still available to be downloaded, of course. Our Aaron Brown interview, Canadian bronze medalist. Uh, his interview, of course, published last week. And one of Aaron's teammates, Brendan Rodney, will be joining us next week. Now, Brendan was part of that 4 by 100 meter team at Rio that did win the bronze medal, of course. And uh, Brennan chats a lot in length about that whole experience, kind of his experiences, how we got into the sport and just everything else in between as well. How the COVID shutdown has affected his training, whether or not that is impacting him and his form heading into the Olympic Games. And it's a fun, great chat with Brendan. And for the very first time on this podcast, you will be hearing me interviewing a Canadian, Collins, as a Canadian has interviewed Australians before. I haven't really interviewed Canadians before, so hey, there's a first for everything, and you will hear that next week on the show. Remember to like us on Facebook. We're on Twitter now. Give us a follow on there. Stay up to date with, of course, everything that we post, and subscribe to the channel. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're all in those good places where podcasts are available. Thanks again to Ella. Thanks, for everyone, for listening in. This has been Off the Podium, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, 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 I'm